Heavenly Father, today we put on the full armor to protect us against attack. We put on the belt of truth to protect against lies and deception. We put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts from the temptations. We put the gospel of peace on our feet to walk in your light, peace, and freedom with the Holy Spirit. We rebuke anxious thoughts. We take up your shield of faith for protection to block and destroy all the darts and threats thrown at us by the enemy. We put on the helmet of salvation to cover our minds and thoughts, reminding us that we are children of a mighty king. We are forgiven, set free, saved by the blood of Jesus. We take up the sword of the spirit, your living word, that has the power to demolish strongholds and is sharper than any double-edged sword. We come to you, Lord, in prayer daily. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, girl. I'm so excited. What's up, you guys? Welcome to The Imagination. I'm your host, Emma, and today I'm honored to have back on again for the second time, survivor and targeted individual, intuitive counselor, world-renowned writer and author, inspiration, creator of Dear Human, the viral meme that's been shared over a billion times, and one of the brightest lights you'll ever meet, Courtney Walsh. If you missed Courtney's testimony episode when she was on for the first time, here's a little recap for you. Unlike many guests on this show, Courtney's abuse didn't start in childhood. In fact, she grew up in what she would call a relatively normal family that wasn't without its dysfunction and dynamics that affected her later in life, but relatively normal. Growing up a creative and gifted child with a personality and imagination bigger than every environment she was put in, Courtney's journey took her on many ups and downs as she sought fulfillment and following her hopes and dreams from a life altering event that almost took her life bouts of deep depression and pressing on despite all odds against her Courtney's life flipped upside down after a meme she created went viral. And suddenly she found herself in the midst of abuse, gaslighting and blackmail by some of Hollywood's elite. The first time Courtney was on, we dove headfirst into her testimony. And if you missed that episode, I highly recommend going back and listening to it as it was a tremendous story of overcoming overwhelming odds, including overcoming suicide, to writing the viral meme, Dear Human, to being the victim of horrendous initiation and grooming tactics that would turn into dark and sinister targeting. And this time around, Courtney is going to expand on the abuses perpetuated on her, along with receipts. She's going to talk about spiritual and psychological warfare, lover boy programming, Fireside Chats with Angelina Jolie's brother, a wild psyop the elite run on some victims like Courtney, who are served on a plate the words, you could be president, and much, much more. Courtney's story brings an important emphasis on a type of targeting that is seldom talked about, the kind that involves malicious recruitment tactics with promises of fame and recognition that glimmer and sparkle with entice and intrigue only to leave the person, and in this case, in, in this case, Courtney, at the center of a manipulative cycle of confusion, coercion, and malice. The powers that be that tried to take Courtney down underestimated that the love she wrote about in Dear Human would be the same love within her that would prove to be powerful enough to cast out all the fear and darkness they tried to drown her in. Courtney's books, Dear Human, a manifesto of love, invitation, and invocation to humanity, which is based off her famous meme you are about to hear Courtney read to you right after this intro, as well as her other book, Lipstick and Thongs in the Looney Bin, 
which talks about her mental health journey, can both be found on Amazon. And I highly recommend you check them out. I'll have all her links in the show notes to go purchase these books. Before I finish introducing Courtney, I wanted to give a quick reminder that if you are a survivor or whistleblower who wants to share your story on the podcast or who wants to share any information privately with me, you can now email me at imaginabetterworld2020 at gmail.com. I'd also love your support on my Substack, where I'm taking up journaling as an outlet for me personally to reflect on the podcast, guests, and my advocacy work. And you can subscribe to me at www.emmacatherine.substack.com. All of my social media links are in the show notes, and I can't thank all of you enough for your courage to shine a light on the darkness with me and each guest. So you guys, without further ado, please help me in welcoming this week's guest of honor, overcomer, viral sensation, gifted writer and author, walking miracle, voice for the voiceless, and one of the dearest humans I've ever met, the one, the only, Courtney Walsh. Courtney, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Emma. Your intros really are the best. You just always <laughs> knock it out of the park and make everybody feel amazing. So thank you for that. And one key phrase that always jumps out for me that you say about all of us is being a voice for the voiceless. And that is so incredible and such a gift to be able to do it. It's it's both humbling and exciting. And so without further ado, since I promised um, in the last one that we would open with this one by me reading Dear Human, so people have a sense of it, um, of this thing that kind of semi-hijacked my life and launched it into really weird dimensional <laughs> alternate realities. And and uh, it's been a wild ride. So here it is. Dear human, you've got it all wrong. You didn't come here to master unconditional love. That is where you came from and where you'll return. You came here to learn personal love, universal love, Messy love, sweaty love, crazy love, broken love, whole love, infused with the divinity, lived through the grace of stumbling, often, demonstrated by the beauty of messing up, often. You didn't come here to be perfect. You already are. You came here to be gorgeously human, flawed and fabulous, and then to rise again into remembering. But unconditional love? Stop telling that story. Love in truth doesn't need any adjectives. It doesn't require modifiers. It only asks that you show up and you do your best. That you stay present and feel fully. That you shine and fly and laugh and cry and hurt and heal and fall. and Get back up and play and work and live and die as you. It's enough. It's plenty. Oh my gosh. It's so neat actually getting to hear you read it too, because I feel this way. Like I just reread Nathan Reynolds book, um, Snatch from the Flames. I read it through his YouTube channel where he narrates it in a playlist. Uh And so you can just listen to it chapter by chapter. And man, it's so different when you hear how the author was saying it in their head as it was being written on the paper. That was like a whole different experience having you read it versus any other time that I've seen it floating around on social media and like read it in my own head. So thank you for <laughs> reading that. That was that was a little journey we just got to take with you. That was really cool. Yeah. And I've gotten so much feedback, overwhelmingly positive. 
But then, of, co- of course, some people are like, you know, well, of course, unconditional love is real and we should strive to embody that. And I'm like, not my point. So, you know, so I think sometimes you hear the inflections, the voice tones, the intention and the energy behind it when the author is credited as the source material uh, originator or co-creator with spirit. And I think that's really important these days because one of the ways I was sort of, um, I will say, brutally attacked was through plagiarism. And through pretty blatant, outright, um, in many cases, provable plagiarism. And and so it's not something that, you know, we talked pre-show. I'm just not someone who's litigious like that. I don't want to spend half my life in, you know, a courtroom, you know, trying to defend my name, my work, my intellectual property, my integrity, my um, whatever. Um, I do feel it you know, would behoove the people who tried to steal it and hijack it and manipulate and profit from it, you know, on a karmic and spiritual and emotional and, you know, honoring artists way would behoove them to, you know, come clean in some way, um, make it right in some way. But I don't expect that to ever happen. It's just a wish I put out from my heart to um, the world that, you know, if somebody comes through whatever storms or pain they come through and their words touch, you know, a billion plus or more or whatever hearts and you put out a meme without their name on it, it's sort of like spitting on God's creation because, you know, bringing it through the messenger needs to be honored as well. You know, kind of think of the Archangel Gabriel coming to tell Mary, you're going to have a kid. His name is Jesus, you know, and, he, and he's got his trumpet and everything. And so, we honor the messenger, the message, the energy behind it, and and it's just a basic thing. It could take two seconds of a Google, uh, you know, search to see who wrote something, you know, because I see a lot of anonymous and unknown things going out that I I know are not. You know, there is a person behind that, and there is a heart, you know, a beating heart, and a living co-creator that um, deserves the dignity of honor for the credit of their creations. You know, and that's something that I think when that doesn't happen and there are other people who've been had their work hijacked or manipulated or used for profit and they've been cut out of the loop. It happens a lot. I feel that can leave a really bad taste in your mouth towards the ones who are doing it because you're you're like, well, I would have given it freely had you asked, you know, and so I do have a lot of people come to me and want a copyright permission and all kinds of things. So I had sent it out, you know, as we talked about in the last episode as a, almost a Jerry Maguire kind of manifesto through Hollywood. And we have some of those receipts of like the proposals I sent um, to Oprah in particular. And, you know, not for nothing, but we've, oops, sorry, we've kind of got, um, we've kind of got Harry and Megan out there, you know, being the poster children in the face of, of, uh, <laughs> mental health and um i i find that questionable and i find it uh you know also a, a borderline theft of taking someone's work who's actually lived through suicide attempt written about it you know been on a talk show and in the you know back in the times that that was happening in like 2006 then the book time frame was coming out 2014 to 16 and was trying to get this empowerment movement going had a very detailed detailed uh you know program i had sent out um only to kind of hear crickets back and then to see my words and my ideas and my vision being implemented by um people in the public eye who really didn't have the background or the or the skills to present the material you know 
So if it doesn't come to the original content creator, it loses a lot in translation and it gets dumbed down. And that's, of course, insult to injury. And, and that stuff is ego stuff. And I do get that that's not a place to hang out and stay. But I'm saying it just from my heart, just from a place of, um, you know, you, you don't steal somebody's work and pass it off of, as your own or try to, you know, just tweak it enough to make it something you can go and then profit from and then think there won't be karmic or sometimes legal ramifications. Um, and God knows and sees all. He sees whatever uh, he, she, it, they, them, you know, sees whatever we do or don't do, whatever we say or don't say. When we sit by and we stay quiet on injustice or when we speak up, even when it's awkward, even when it's uncomfortable and even when it ruffles feathers or rattles cages, when we say, hey, I saw you did that. Don't do that. You know, so I'm trying to, you know, just bring more transparency, integrity, um, and even dignity, which, you know, I, I can be real sass pot. I can be real obnoxious. I Dignity is not really my, my go-to leading, you know, vibe. But in this case, I do call for dignity for all of us who are in this, whatever we want to call it, overcomer, survivor, whistleblower, you know, truth teller space. I feel that unification and teamwork is always much better than division and drama. Um, and again, I'm, I'm one who says, Oh, you know, anybody who says I don't want drama are the biggest drama Queens. Cause let's be real. <laughs> That's, that, that happens. Um, so I don't mind a bit of drama if it's drama in the right direction and it's serving a higher function and a higher cause rather than dragging people down or their name through the mud for no reason. Now that said, I have a lot of names to drop today. Again, back to Oprah being one of them where I want to just show the things I've sent to her. So if you put a couple of those things up on the screen, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because again, everybody kept saying, "Gotta send this to Oprah, send it to Oprah, send it to Oprah," and something in me was always a little bit like, "But do I or should I?" And now, of course, years later, I regret it and wish, um, you know, in some ways that I hadn't. Uh, so maybe if we can, if you, if you guys touch your screen, if you're on a phone, you can probably sort of. I am able to uh, blow it up a little, pinch zoom it. So anyway, this is this is one of the original uh emails it so it's there's some timestamps on here um and receipts and and it just shows uh it just shows that i was sending a like a very detailed program um that went to her office through a publicist called tara rayner you can see her name at the bottom there she's an australian woman um and i don't know if that's still her name i believe she's been divorced since this so i don't know but anyway, she was the managing director and the publicist and sending out these packets and these very, uh, maybe we need to go to another screen because this is only the beginning of that email, but our guest yeah, scroll down. Um, okay. So this is this right here. We can hang on that lion one. If you can get it up just a little bit more. So, Dear human. Um, that was supposed to be the, the mood board and the look you could see. We even had like color schemes going. We had the lion theme, you know, that was just sort of a mock-up to show things that we could do for marketing of it. Um, all kinds of very professional, very polished stuff that was beyond me, frankly. She was she was doing color wheels. She was doing mood boards. She was doing all kinds of stuff that I wouldn't have thought of as the content creator, but she as the potential content marketer was sending a very, um, you know, PR-friendly and very detail-oriented uh, packet. And that did go out to... Oprah for sure. Yeah, there's some more imagery of of you know human and 
And so here's the color, the color wheel that, that basically, if we look at that, that shows you, um, you know, kind of the tenets of the Dear Human Empowerment Movement, what I was hoping it could become, um, that we were going to start looking at, you know, the qualities that, that what it, what brings us to our humanity the most, right? And that it's not about perfection. It is about, you can see up in the corner, it's just brutally honest. <laughs> like, yeah, hello. And then humor, laugh, cries, loves more authentic, funny, raw. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say these are, she captured my personality fairly well um, in these, these kind of like keywords. Okay. So that right there was kind of giving just like, the store away. It was giving, you know, someone permission to cheat on your homework, which I didn't, I was so naive. I didn't think of like, oh, you're going to give them a whole branding idea. And they're, of course, they're going to take it and run with it and cut you out. I mean, I'm just, I'm not that way. I, I, I like to credit everybody. I like to push everybody forward. I like to lift people up and I can't fathom blackballing, blacklisting, shunning, you know, it, it's so foreign to my um, operating system that when people do that shit, it's like, sorry, but when they do that crap, it's always like, are you serious? Like that's, you got to the highest level of your game and you're not reaching back and helping women up because you feel what a threatened, jealous, competitive, um, whatever, you know, or you're in a death cult and, and you don't want them getting in, into your secrets. So that's really what it kind of ended up being is I found out too much through this process. Quite quite um involved but so there's the the very detailed you know way to present it that now you know people like jordan peterson and megan and harry are doing on the stages with the microphones and they have all the talking points they have all the you know like um all the celebrities are doing it too like they've all given, been given their parts and their roles it's almost like this source origin material which of course you see looks like a target how funny is that and of course with the letters o and I didn't even notice the colors uh, when she put oh that gosh. together. Now I'm seeing it as we're talking about it. Because now my brain thinks in symbolism, nuance, um, you know, signs and gestures. And, Looks like and an eye too, doesn't it? Yes, it could be lots of things. So now <laughs> I'm almost seeing the satanic color of the indigo, the green, and the magenta. I, I didn't even notice that. Because again, this is something that she came up with on her own. I don't know how heavily she was influenced. Um, she's kind of not someone I have even any contact with anymore. But anyway, she did a great job with the presentation. I was really impressed and proud of uh, how she put it all together. She made it very cohesive, very coherent, and very palatable because anybody with any business sense, which clearly wasn't me, <laughs> could just take that and filter it out and make, um, you know, all kinds of like the Calm app or or pushing out, you know, talk therapy or everything that came out through the pandemic was about the mental health empowerment movement. And it was all little pie pieces of that little trivial pursuit pie there that I handed them. I handed them and they ran with it and didn't ever get back to me, you know? And so when I noticed that this was happening not just in a vague way, but in very specific ways, that was when it was getting really discouraging and weird and creepy. And and I could almost feel this defensiveness of whatever, whoever or whatever took this on and decided to make it like their experiment and their moneymaker. I can almost feel a malicious glee of that, you know, if, if it makes sense, just that they knew they could get away with it. And so why wouldn't they? You know, someone handed them a golden ticket. They were going to cash it in. But, you know, I didn't benefit from that so again it's not something i want to be bitter about the rest of my life i gave it to the planet and goods you know i was in love my heart was open it, it came through me as a transmission of of love and a love letter to humanity from you know 
creator through me to the planet. I just wanted to be acknowledged for that I had a part in it. You know, I, I would have totally been a team player. I wouldn't have handed it over this blindly, you know, had I known better. But I, I think cutting the original creator or the original uh, co-creator is a better way to put it out of the loop. It just shows a, a shadiness and a lack of integrity and really kind of plagiarism and theft if we're going to go that far. Okay. So, so this has been going on now for me, you know, for years and years, uh, you know, because the book, the meme came out. Yeah. There's some more mock-up of the covers and there, you know, and it's just clarify really quick. So you, you had developed this meme, it blows up. You're talking to Oprah's team and they're trying to help you market it. And essentially they, they just, no, 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 no. Oprah has never acknowledged me and never will. Her team but it was though, sent. It was sent. Team, right? It was sent. It was sent to all the elites. It was sent to like Oprah and okay. Ellen and fucking Jared Leto, and it was sent everywhere. And okay. it, you know, at least Jared Leto's people actually got back to me. Oh, he's very busy. He's very interested. And um, and he be- played a, I, I believe, a slimy part in all this as well. And they're very punky, pranky, and um, they kind of don't care everybody's kind of a peon to them and, uh, and below them and someone to step on their head as they're on their way up the ladder is what I've learned about this, this faction, if you want to call it. I do say the Illuminati. I do say they're Freemasons and I do say they're eugenicists, transhumanists, pieces of, you know, human garbage. And if they're even human, so I go real hard and I say the things because after having been sort of tormented and mocked and gaslit and gang stalked by these uh i will now say creatures or demonic you know hijacked beings for years um you know i'm over it i'm over pretending they're they're who they are or who they say they are and if you are presenting one persona to the world of you know love and light and compassion and healing but you're then a jerk behind the scenes like i'm just not gonna play you know i'm just not so that's kind of what the exposure for me right now is saying uh that if you really want to do a mental health empowerment movement, you should talk to somebody who has worked really hard on their mental health, not just on experts who think they know it, but someone who's lived through it. And that's, I think one of the reasons I became the most disenchanted with her is that a lot of lives could have been saved and a lot of suicides could have been prevented. If this material had gone out in the right time and in the right way and not in this bungled, mangled, horrible hijack, you know, um, agreed kind of way. If it had come out through the right intentions with the right vibrations, and of course that's up to spirit. That's not up to me or Oprah, right? So it has played out the way it's played out, but that's a frustration that lingers for me is feeling like um, unnecessary deaths have happened um, that could have been prevented had this been like I hoped and like I had the vision for and was downloaded the vision for it to go into schools and hospitals and the military and, and prisons and everywhere that, that I could envision that it could be helpful, you know? And again, I'm trying to take my ego out of the equation to go. She did sort of put some of the pieces out into some of those areas, but it was felt more like greed, you know, like Maui to me still feels like a land grab and we won't even get into that because I don't have receipts on that. But I do have receipts to show that, you know, these, I call them the shallows, not the elites, but these shallows will just take and take and take. And it does remind me of the giving tree, which they should have called the taking boy. You know, it's just someone who will bleed you dry, siphon you, use you for your, your creativity or your sensuality or whatever you want to fill in the blank. You got your beta kitties in Hollywood. Then you've got, you know, I just wanted the literary part of it. I wasn't trying to go to industry parties and 
do any of the other dark crap, you know? I just wanted to have a best-selling book and to get my message out there. And so there was, I did feel very blocked on that and thwarted, and I did feel very, um, like there was a gatekeeper kind of vibe that was, you must jump through these flaming hoops for me, darling, and you must prove your worth, and you must make sure that everything goes through me. And that's a little more of a Miranda from Devil Wears Prada, but it's same vibe, same club, same cult. So, so it's just, you know, I, I believe that I had this, this thing in my office that said great women support great women who support great women. And then I do kind of like the Madeline Albright <laughs> quote that there's a special place in hell for women who hurt other women, you know, and I still believe that's true. If you sell out the sisterhood and you're doing feminism, which I call F-A-A-U-X, like fake feminism, yeah, so then, then you're not for women and you're not for the empowerment of women and you're not the for the for humanity or the evolution or advancement of humanity. You're just faking it and you're basically a psychopath and a you know pathological liar at that level of the game, unfortunately. Um, you know, and everybody's a lot of people are still buying them as these you know, public figures who, you know, are trying to do the right philanthropic thing. And I just, I'm, I'm sorry, but if, if you're still on that train, like you ought to keep it, keep that train going over the cliff. Cause that's where it's taking you, you know? So I'm on a different train of thought. And um, yeah, so that was the original, you know, kind of reach out. And, and I do believe that came out way before 2019. I was just looking it up in 2019. So but it, it it backtracks to even like before pandemic, pre-pandemic. And and it was something that I still, you know, I did and still do feel passionate about that mental health is is not about perfectionism. It's not about to me, it's not about meds. It's it's a lot more about nutrition and lifestyle and things I wish I'd known when I was 20 that I now understand at 52. Cause you learn your brain, you learn your operating system, you learn yeah, um, I will say the buzzword boundaries. You learn your boundaries, and when somebody crosses your line of respect, you kind of go back it up, back it up. And uh, I know I've been a troll to people who I perceive being jerks, and uh, that doesn't just go for the elites, you know. So, so I, I mean, I'm not, I'm a flawed human. I am, but I'm doing my best. I'm living my meme out every day, sweaty, cruddy, crazy, messy. You know, doing my best. Yeah, big love, exactly. So it's from a place of love and innocence for me, or it was, and now I've kind of sunk to their level and become, you know, combative and and scared and all the things that they are. So I'm I'm bringing my vibe back up and I'm, I'm unmatching energies and I'm moving back in my own lane and, you know, I still swing here and there because I get the feisty Irish fighting Aries menopausal woman thing. Like don't mess, you know? <laughs> so, so that was that. And then, and then I wanted to go forward into the, you could be president kind of uh psyop, which, so this was back in 2010 when, um, it was a year after my dad had died. And so I was able to kind of find a situation where I was going to potentially go and help a woman with marketing her Airbnb and do some writing for her website. And so I went to be sort of a guest, sort of a working guest, helping out with changing sheets, working in the kitchen, but also sitting down with her and brainstorming so I could have a free room and board at um, this Airbnb called the Dragonfly Inn. And it was uh, on the big Island. And I really had a, a lot of healing things coming up through grieving my dad's uh, passing and, you know, kind of befriended the chef there and everything. And, um, and so, so basically James Haven, Angelina Jolie's brother could be her twin looks just like her 
was a guest there when I was a guest there. Or What's kind of working. Again? I'm going to look him James, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. James, James Haven. Haven, okay. like H-A-V-E-N. And um, as soon as he walked in, you know, it's like, it's like the male Angelina. It was really weird. It was surreal. And so, you know, we just tried to make it comfortable for him because he's like not an A-lister, but the sibling of an A-lister. And so you want to give them special whatever treatment because that's what those people expect all the time. He was actually very down to earth, though, and very easy to talk to. And um, we had some nice chats like we had some, you know, one hour chats over breakfast. And I found him to be incredibly intelligent. And this was um, just random that you were both there. Yeah, well, random. I now a question is anything random, right? Right, right, like right. I, I look back on everything and I go, well, I met John Kerry and I met Ted Kennedy and I met John Hume, who was the prime minister of Ireland. And I met Justin Trudeau, who was the prime minister of Canada. And I, I've met a lot of famous people in my life, you know, and they all it all seemed coincidental. But I wonder if it was engineered either by spirit or by some other, you know, earthly force. I don't know. But yeah, I've met a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and and there are some I'd never want to meet, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, so so yeah, but he found he started telling me now this was already, you know, again, very nice guy, very easy to talk to, very pleasant. His girlfriend was lovely. They had like a little puppy situation. So it was like just very wow. cordial and very, very nice uh conversations. You know, it got a little weird after because I had given him a message that I didn't know if she was for him and and they ended up staying together. So I my spidey senses were totally off on that and i I apologize profusely so i'm not always 100 percent accurate on my intel but at the time um i thought maybe they were mismatched but i was wrong so i can admit when i'm wrong i can say sorry and i can you know try to make it right and and you know tell the new information that's something i'm able to do and i hope others will take that note um but anyway so long story short he was talking about how he wanted to be president and and I was like fascinated because again he was he was very brilliant and very well spoken and very informed and had great ideas and I thought as he's talking I'm like yeah this guy should be president and it, at the time it had already been that unfortunately there was what I would now say maybe was a humiliation ritual where they kissed at some Oscars thing she said I'm madly in love with my brother or something very um, Hollywood to say. And the tabloids, of course, picked it up and run ran with it and made it all kind of incestuous and whatever, right? So now, now we know, and I'm not making any accusations whatsoever, to be clear, but now we know that there is a lot of kind of incestuous stuff that happens in the B system and in the A-lister realm. And and a lot of that might be coping from being harmed by by other adults and so I think there's a lot of rumors. I'm not going to substantiate or, or deny anything like that, but that was a kiss that that sparked a lot of controversy is all I will say. And so, um, you know, I think they go after sometimes, they go after the mental health and well-being of siblings because I know Mariah Carey's sister is, has been on and off drugs her whole life, but has been very vocal about, in videos, very open about seeing Mariah and her mom in ritual, in robes, um, doing things to infants. So I think they will take the black sheep of the family or the crazy one or the one who seems outlandish or delusional or has had mental health challenges or drug challenges or what have you fill in the blank challenges. And they will start to just play and mess with them to try to see, you know, if you can become a sacrifice so that person can advance in the cult. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying it's a theory. Um, 
And so that was, you know, so my thought was, how will he ever become president with that whole kiss thing? You know, and now we know, like, you've got Trump admitting on hot mic that he grabbed pussies and he became president and beloved. And we know all kinds of things about Hunter Biden and Ashley in the diary and the laptop. So it, it doesn't seem to be that a scandal would keep you from the presidency. Now it almost seems a requirement. Amen. Um, and I'm, I don't really have those. You know, I don't have those kinds of skeletons in my closet. I'm pretty almost painfully honest and yeah, brutally honest and open. And so I've said, hey, I tried to kill myself when I was 33. Hey, I was, you know, had shock therapy. I've said it all very openly. Never tried to hide anything like that don't actually have any blackmail on me and I would never want to blackmail anyone, but I do have like, keep me safe Intel. you know, I have that for leverage, I guess. And, um, so I, I'm just showing whatever receipts I can to show you the loopy, you know, kind of way this went down. And that was one where when he was talking, I had this really tingling feeling that I had the first time I saw Obama on the TV. And I thought immediately before that guy opened his mouth, I thought he's going to be our first black president. And it was like, then whoop, it just blooped through. And then I didn't think of it again until he was. And, you know, of course I was duped as well as many others um, on his character, which, you know, just, I talked about in the last episode about him being sort of a gaslighter and with the subtle threats and how creepy that was. Right. So I don't believe in this guy like I once did, but then again, I don't believe in any of them like I once did. And I think that's actually a healthy evolved adult, place to be is don't put anyone on a pedestal because like we talked about pre-show like pedestals and pitchforks like they put you on the pedestal and they're coming for you with the pitchfork you know that's really a dangerous place to be you know pedestals are for statues not humans so anyway that's the sort of the james haven story of you know just delightful guy very pleasant but i think they were what messing with, talk him, about I, with you, know. you well we talked about I don't want to get into gossip, but like he did talk oh, yeah. about his sister's food stuff and, and how he was always trying to get her to eat more. And like, and that's very personal. And, and I've been through stuff like that. So yeah. I feel a little guilty even saying that, but like, that's, that's just the extent of it. And he talked about how their mom was great and their dad was less great. All stuff that's really public that already has been said in, in interviews openly, nothing I'm really doxing here or, you know, breaking for the first time and nothing but you know he just he was very open but you know famous people or even siblings of famous people do get a little guarded around strangers and you get that because they've been hurt and they've been exposed and, and misinterpreted and so i think that my pity for them ha ha also kept me as an easy target for a very long time because i i do think it's one of the worst lives you can have on the planet is being famous i used to want it i think a lot of people still do Having just had like even the taste or the glimpse or the glimmer of it, I realized, oh my God, it's so demonic. It's just so demonic, right? And so empty. So that's that's not sour grapes, I swear. That's like dodging a bullet being, phew, you know, thank God. And and just wanting to get your words out there and have your words be famous, but you know, something to be said for being able to somewhat be in your invisibility cloak if they're just gonna target you and they're just gonna come after you with death threats and rape threats, which is what you know, one of the fun things that you get when you're public female and semi attractive and semi outspoken, then you're gonna get um yeah, that scarlet letter Jezebel Lilith Medusa thing because people cannot handle intelligence um coming through a female for some reason. It's a very misogynistic planet and I'm very sad about that lately. And I don't just mean it, you know, in a rah rah let's burn our bra feminist way. I just mean it in that the divine feminine has been really, really dragged 
through so much unnecessary roughness, so much unnecessary pain, and so much unnecessary torment that, you know, simple, clear, adult, mature, healthy conversations could have avoided, right? But there was just hiding in shadows and throwing rocks and coming up with another skit and another joke and another song. And it just was relentless. And and I now know that every day of silence and shunning and mockery that went by was another day that a little bit of love inside me and a little bit of light inside me, you know, died. Um, so I'm trying to regain and revive and rekindle all that now because you know, it's it's a it's a betrayal wound, they call it. And then I'm sure I've done it to them and stabbed a lot of them in the back and thrown them under the bus because as soon as I find out you've potentially hurt children, I don't care anymore. I don't care about your reputation. I don't care about your career. I don't care about your money. And I don't care about your lives. I care about your victims at that point, right? So you get a lot of cognitive dissonance because you did really care or love or want to you know, be connected um, and to elevate the the vibration around these situations. And when you feel thwarted at every turn or hijacked and, you know, plagiarized and mocked, stalked and belittled and everything and just talked down to, you get to a point where you go, enough. I will not be your doormat or your punching bag because you have you know, wounds that you haven't healed, right? The projections around that, the distortions around that. Look, I've been hurt by Hollywood. I know others have been hurt by Hollywood. I am certainly not the one who's been the most hurt or, you know, the longest or deepest hurt. There are child stars who are melting down left and right, who are, who have been molested as children, handed over by their parents as commodities you know, and then held in conservatorships or exploited or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. You know, they all get to a place where it seems like their MK just, just dies. And they're, they're left with like now this major identity crisis of, you know, a lot of them have alters and they don't even know sometimes what one part of them might be doing or saying or thinking. And so they're hijacked and they're possessed. I'm going to use that word. And, you know, they bring in this stuff in ritual at the after parties and at the, and it, you, you go, well, that's very eyes wide shut. And that's just all very conspiracy and myth. And you go, well, if you hear it from multiple sources, from multiple people of walks of life, you hear it from anecdotal, like people who know someone who's been there, you hear it from, you know, people who have been there who are whistleblowers now, like how much denial are you going to allow yourself? How much are you going to put your head in that sand and be the ostrich rather than, you know, be the eagle who soars above and who looks down on the field and says, we can change this. We can find those higher tailwinds and take a higher road and, you know, really, really just shine the light on the darkness, which isn't always going to be pretty smooth, easy, or, you know, adorable. It's going to, it's not going to be miscompassionate love and light, you know, doing yoga poses on the beach all the time. I'm sorry. I am going to say that, that there's a lot of, disingenuousness that happens around when you are faced with any kind of survivor or overcomer and you know emma it's great you're offering this platform i think it's an incredible service you're doing and so like when you're doing that it's a sacred thing that you're doing you know your people are trusting you not just with their stories but with their lives okay and these are fragile vulnerable you know sometimes desperate people who are trying to put puzzle pieces together and fragments of their own mind and their own heart that have been deliberately 
and maliciously shattered. So if you really want to walk your talk on the being compassionate and being forgiving and being loving, you have to allow for that too. You have to allow for us to have our moments, you know, our human messy moments. Okay, so that's it. And that's all on that. And then, yeah, so I do believe they, and then, you know, Colbert, I'm going to just throw that name out there because he was just such a smug creep and all the late night talk show boys were that, um, you know, and they've pushed these jabs and I'm just going to say that's crimes against humanity. And the only reboot I want to see is not Frasier. It's Nuremberg trials, the sequel, please. And thank you. So I'm very over all the reboots. I'm very over all the celebrity psyop deaths and I'm very over all the distractions in general. Uh, they will manufacture actual literal wars and actual literal fake viruses that are mRNA bioweapons to keep you in fear and in a low vibration. They will do that. They will run you around in your own head fighting dragons and demons that they brought to your front door with their inability to actually, again, I'm going to use the phrase, walk their talk. Okay, so that goes for everybody. I don't care if it's truth or community patriots, the guy down the street or the guy in the White House, that if you're doing the wrong thing and you're you're doing some infighting or some squabbling and you're not looking at the big picture, which is the safety and well-being of children, of women, of the vulnerable. And I will say of men, because a lot more men are coming out now that they've been harmed as children. And what it what it really is, Anna, is as I see it, and for the thousands of people I've now connected with us on this, is there's a childhood wound, whether it's violence and abuse or sexual harm or anything else, fill in the blank, you know, brainwashing, um, you know, emotional, mental abuse, any kind of abuse that happens in childhood then becomes nine times out of ten some kind of addiction or being the black sheep and thrown away from your family, which then becomes tent cities. So the one of the greatest, the two of the greatest, you know, problems that the country faces as I see it right now are the Epstein Island info, info that has been squashed and suppressed and denied. The human, you know, that story has to come out for humanity to actually begin to heal. And it has to come out in fullness. It has to have a major beacon of a light shined upon it. So that the masses and the muggles understand what went on on that island. That it wasn't just hedonism and people running around half naked and having orgies. That they were hurting children. And that that is just one example of how much that goes on on this planet. Okay? So the refocus needs to happen and the regroup and the redirect around let's get back to what's meaningful here because look football players you know you get all your different teams all wearing all their little costumes they're all playing the same sport okay and so that's what we need to get back on the field and remember we may have some opposing teams some opposing ideas some opposing you know uh players but what is the game the game is humanity and the game is keeping children safe the game is not people's egos around that and I'm, I'm including myself in that the game is not about who's right who's wrong who did this who did that the game is about expose the ones who are hurting children and do not try to shut down people who are offering those people a platform okay because that's the enemy slipping in there saying oh you don't get to have your story i'm going to shut up your voice i'm going to censor you because i don't like your tone 
You don't get to do that. You do not get to do that. And then pretend to be for freedom of speech because now you're in disingenuousness, disingenuousness, you're out of integrity, out of alignment and out of truth. Okay. So I hear a lot like, well, what is truth? It's so subjective. And my truth is that your truth isn't their truth. I'm like, yeah, there is the truth. The truth is innocence is harmed on this planet by darkness. That is an age old, ancient, you know, primal truth that you know deep inside your cells that darkness wants to harm innocence and that we cannot do that by being part of the darkness. We cannot do it. We have to get back to our innocence, whatever that looks like or feels like for us. Okay. So for me, it's often, you know, walking in the woods or talking to a friend or sharing silly memes or, you know, doing my sessions with my clients or, you know, just just meditating, reading, cooking, sleeping, breathing. We've got to bring it back to basics because we've gotten off on these tangents and war is just something that is within us and then reflected. And so what war is spelled backwards is raw. And so when people are really feeling very raw and at their tender, most vulnerable edge, that's when they're defensive. That's when their triggers happen. That's when their wounds come up and they just act like a, like a little Tasmanian devil with their whirring, whirring arms and accusations and finger pointing and blame and shame. And let's, you know, this one's a scapegoat and that one should have a big scarlet letter A. And how does that help? Because it doesn't. Okay. So bringing it back to human, nobody's expected to be perfect here. We are expected to be our best, to feel what we can feel. Um, I've never bought into the theory of psych diagnoses. They are a Masonic thing to me. That's Freemasons running the psychiatric mafia. Great one to look into on that is Jerry Marzinski. He's got great, great info. Um, so yeah, that's just, I just don't buy anybody's bipolar, OCD, uh, mentally ill. I think we're talking about psyops. We're talking about um, MK Ultra. We're talking about fragmenting people. We're talking about hurting them as children and then covering it up. We're talking about that society is mentally ill, and there should not be individual labels slapped on people because they become a self fulfilling prophecy. And it's a damaging and spiritually arrogant thing to do, frankly. For any human to think, I can say, you have this disorder and you need this pill. Sorry, that's where I go off on tangent. So if it helps people to be diagnosed or to, you know, cotton onto that label, then go for it. I had to do that too. I went through that phase and it sucked and I hated it. So if you're that miserable and you think a pill is going to help you, red pill, blue pill, purple pill, green pill, black pill, whatever you need, fine. No judgment. I'm just saying there are better ways because I was on the, all the damn pills. I had the shock therapies and the pills and been called crazy and delusional my whole life. And all I was was intuitive and tuned in. Right. And I want to say so, too, Courtney, to piggyback off that, you know, we take in those negative labels, but then there's also labels in the world that are looked at as being prestigious or something yeah, to strive yeah. for. Let's just say lawyer, doctor, celebrity, yeah. star, you know, and so then yeah. we're feeling bad with these labels that we give ourselves or that other people say that we are. And then we're idolizing these, these, these labels that we're told are, you know, something to put up on a pedestal, you know, which you talked about a little bit earlier and both are toxic yeah. in their own way, like different, you know, different, um, different sides of the spectrum of that. Cause we're idolizing yeah. these people. And like you said, like, you know, celebrities are abusing children. So are lawyers, like a lot of lawyers, I, I shouldn't, put this on them, but there's Freemasons that are lawyers too, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. 
we're idolizing these people because of their label instead of asking who they really are. And we're, we're guilty yeah. of doing that, whether somebody is, you know, has a diagnosed illness from one of these doctors that we're, so, that we're supposed to hold on a pedestal or from the doctor themselves, you know? So yeah. it is like labels can be such a bad thing to take in because whether we're yeah. putting somebody above us or below us, you know, they don't serve us in any way to identify right. as and to look at somebody and to say, this is who you are because this is what your label is. Right. Right. And I, I will use the blanket term Illuminati because that um, to me is a hierarchy of structure of the Freemasonic um, system, the B system. So, so that's, that's, you know, it used to be called the glitterati, like the sparkling ones, the shining ones, the illumined ones. But I'm not seeing a whole lot of illumination or evolution or enlightenment in harming children to get a trophy or a mansion or a yacht. I'm not seeing it. So different operating systems, probably different planetary, you know, DNA for if we're really going to go wild and cosmic on that. But that's, that's a whole other show. That's more Laura Eisenhower's turf. And I love her work. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah. And I actually, definitely yeah, she's the best. Yeah, and I love David Wilcock too. You know, I don't always agree with everything all of the people out there are putting out. And I I just try to sift and sort and go, well, that person's been on the field and in the arena and in the industry of trying to tell truth and expose, you know, lies for 20, 30 years. I give them respect for that reason alone, you know. Um, but if somebody's demanding respect, they're actually demanding that you bow to their authority, which is just false. And I'm not going to play that game so you know it's it's respect is somewhat given somewhat earned it's a whole hybrid of those those two arguments you know it's like fear and love but yeah so so i think they start running that on you the you could be president thing and they start you know giving you tastes of power they'll carrot and stick you to death with love with money with you know they'll try to find what they consider your weaknesses your desires or or whatever, and they'll just use it against you. And, and I think I said that last episode, but I just wanted to, you know, hammer down on that one because that's where, whether you're being targeted by, you know, Oprah or Obama or John Mayer or any of these people, like that may be all in my head. And I can admit that this is the imagination podcast, right? So, hey, we won't get sued. But, you know, I think, I think I know what I experienced. I feel what I felt. I knew when I felt safe, when I felt endangered. I knew when I felt mocked, when I felt, you know, that there was a curiosity across the screen, across the cosmic cyber ocean, or when there was judgment. I could feel it all. Like anybody can feel it. If somebody's looking at you in a coffee shop, you can feel that. So if if lots of somebody's are looking at your page and reading your every word and then taking the ideas and, you know, twisting them and playing games and spitting them back at you, you can feel that too, right? Like anybody could. It's called subbing subliminaling and uh they are very adept at it and there's probably teams of them that just you know hand off different parts of it and i know the kardashians were involved i just know it and so again you know chloe had retweeted dear human and then that whole weird train took off in one direction and i think there was just this pimpy vibe i don't know how to put it other words than pimp okay because that happens a lot where they want you know to find talent and I think Rosanna said this recently, actually, that you're, you know, if you're the talent, you're the hoe. And if you're the agent, you're the pimp. And so they just want to, you know, milk people who have the actual talent because most of them don't. And they have the business sense, which most of the talent doesn't. So it's the symbiotic parasitic relationship. Um, 
And if they don't think you're going to roll over and, and, you know, play nice or play ball, then, then suddenly again, you are steamrolled and cut out of the loop. And then you're, then you're, then you're a problem, not an asset. Right. So that's, I became a problem. <laughs> oh, it's problem child. Sorry, my life. But anyway, I'm okay with that. Uh, so yeah, so the, the, you can be president thing was weird. And I did flirt with that in my head and I thought, no, I'm not equipped for that. I don't have any background in that. I, my taste of politics back in the nineties really turned me off that realm completely. Cause I saw the slithery kind of lizard vibes and that, and, and the exploitation and the false masks and everything. And it was just discouraging. And it was not a realm I felt safe, comfortable, or welcomed in at all. I felt like there was a lot of predatory vibes around me all the time. And it was just gross to be honest. The the lobbying firm I worked at, talk about sexual harassment, like galore up the wazoo every day, all the time. So, you know, that's, that's still something that needs to happen on this planet is if there is any kind of casting couch vibe in any realm that needs to stop and that gatekeepers need to move out of the way and let the talent and the messages and the work into the world and be linked to the creators of them, the co-creators of them. So, so that's just bad karma on their part. And they'll probably laugh at that and think it's really naive, but it is, it's very bad. Uh, it's thin if you want to go Christian and it's bad karma if you want to go new age and it's just dumb if you want to go human, you know? So it's just, it backfires and it doesn't go well for anyone. So that's me. And, um, yeah, so I'm not driving this bus now. I'm just kind of on, on the bus and trying to take in the view. <laughs> That's where I'm at as we're driving around in my brain here. <laughs> Welcome to Carville. I <laughs> will be staying long. <laughs> so, yeah. So that one, I was like, no, I don't want to be president. Thank you. It seems like the worst job on the planet. I'm good. And so, but then ex-presidents started to kind of like pop up in my feed and, and saying weird things. And, and I didn't know if it was like some kind of deep fake AI or was actually them. And if they were just, you know, testing me to see what that new kid is made of, or, you know, it was just... It was very obvious after three years in um, that they were trying to sort of recruit me and groom me. And I didn't know for what. I didn't know if it was going to be for president, for to be one of these famous dudes, you know, lavender beard wives, which is, you know, how if they're zesty or they lean more towards men, they often will have arm candy that they can bring on the, the red carpet. And I'm getting too old for all that crap. So, you know, I don't want flash bulbs in my eyes and to have to squeeze into some sequins and it doesn't appeal to me like it would have when I was 17, you know? <laughs> so I outgrew all that. Thank God. So I, I think they just play, they just pass you around energetically and, and they play and they sub a lot, especially the Kardashians. Oh my God. They are notorious for that, that you could be saying something, wearing something, doing something, and then they're mocking it and doing their version of it the next day. And it's just, it's a constant thing with them. So, so they're bullies, they're mean girls, and they're really um, all in the cult, all in the club. And, and all I can say is uh, it's not going to go well for them to continue in that vein because the feminism is going to be exposed. Uh, the plagiarism is going to be exposed and they're just going to be uh, shown for the hypocrites and liars they are unfortunately you know so in the meantime if people have them like but not dolly parton yeah you know the moderna moderate mur murderess is what i call her unfortunately she really invested heavily in the moderna jab and uh you know there are stats 
Oh, yeah. oh, you've got to get Dolly Parton's, you know, children books. I'm like, no, please don't. God right. knows what's coded in there. I know. Yeah. I know. Everybody loves everybody loves Dolly. And back in the day, I loved Dolly. I could, you know, I could really get into her feistiness. And the song Jolene was That's a little weird. Because now I'm thinking. Know of, like the whole Hollywood stuff. Like it's so oh, embedded yeah. ever since we're young. Yeah. But, like these are the people yeah. I look up to. Like they're stars. You know, we watch them in theaters and we listen to them on the radio. And like. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. really hard coming to terms with that. That's like, it's shattering to be like, wait a minute, what? Like, that's all fake? <laughs> I, I think it's it's that you have to realize that, and I believe this, that most of them, when they sold out, they became something different, you know? So it isn't just fame changes you. too, you know? Yeah, I think it breaks them. I think it does, like, like when someone goes off to military training or boot camp and they come back changed, you know? And I think it's intense and they go through things we'll never know. And so that's where sometimes my compassion. Yeah. Like you think about in other countries, you know, there's the K-pop that we know exists. Oh yeah. These are literally like children that are like bred to be stars, you know, from the time they're on the moon, they're like, that is their, that's their path, you know, and they're put up, they're like a hamster running in a wheel and like, we're cheering at it. Like they're, you know, a circus animal kind of. And it's like, we know that yeah. that happens in other countries. Why wouldn't we think that they'd do the same thing here and make a circus out of, you know, these these poor abused humans and making them perform for us, basically, you know? Yeah. Well, then you've got Elvis and the Knights of Malta, and you've got Marilyn Monroe being a presidential diamond, which it's so bizarre to me that the Kardashians are so obsessed with Marilyn because she did not have a happy, healthy life or a happy, healthy ending. You know, so she was another one that put this persona of, you know, sort of bombshell out to the world and was really suffering behind the scenes. And so why do we glorify, yeah, the exploitation of these stars and their talent and their looks and how they ended in very sad circumstances? You know, like that's not something to emulate. That's not something to, you know, anyway, that's just stupidity to me. Like, I don't, I think I feel for Marilyn. I think she was an icon. I think we've all, you know, had our Marilyn, you know, moments, you know, where we kind of just respect the legacy she created in some ways. But I mean, if you have the sense that she got the hot shot to the neck and was with both the Kennedy boys, then you understand her life was not happy. You know, it was not a happy life and it was not, something to dress up and put on your wall and put lipstick on it and something to mourn and grieve and hope never happens again, you know? So, yeah. So anyway, I think a lot of them do commit suicide, but I think most of them are murdered. I do. I do. And I think most of those murders are made to look like suicides, you know? And I just, I pray for their souls, whether they still have them or they signed them away in blood in a ritual. I pray for their victims more than anything. And I pray for the masses to wake up to that. This is not rumor myth. The Illuminati isn't something that was like Freemasons were hundreds of thousands of years ago or whatever. They are very much alive and kicking and active and, and, uh, doing all kinds of behind the scenes, really shady, horrible things, including the sodomy of children and the sale of children. So when you go to a movie, when you, you know, not to be gloom and doom and not to ruin everybody's life with basic entertainment, but you just think you're putting your money. I'm going to ruin it. Okay. What's like when you put on your money, when you play in your playlist, when you're supporting even Spotify or these big things, the music industry is one of the worst culprits. Like we know the entertainment industry in general, but the music industry in particular, 
absolutely treats women like objects and garbage and the lyrics do it. And then you've got your Andrew Tate that they're pushing him and his nonsense and garbage out. Like, so there's so much blatant, latent and, and awful misogyny that needs to be addressed. If we're going to heal as, as humans and if we're going to go forward and as a species, you have to start honoring, you know, all the celebs are virtue signaling about honoring mother earth but then they're, you know, going after underage girls. So how do you do, how do you divide that in your head? How do you pretend to be a vegan, but maybe you're drinking blood behind the scenes? Like, how do you, how do you live with that? I guess. And that's not my business. That's between them and creator. But I, I, it does sometimes hit me of, oh, they just have to be so fragmented and have so many different parts to them that they're sliding back and forth in their head between so they can do the interviews so they can do the red carpet walk so they can do the films and and then the rituals like i mean and so like what we've seen of them is is a fraction of what they are their philanthropy their charity is all to try to balance that black and white on the checkerboard of oh we do a black deed we we balance it with a white piece you know it's it is all a big gross chess game to them you know and how i know this is not only just from my weird experiences with these creatures but also through extensive reading on freemasonry the illuminati how they're active what they do and if you go on this one guy's page adam q record a d a m k e w and then record it's three words he calls himself the uh, illuminati slayer he's extremely uh good at putting together little montages of pictures of them doing the same gestures over and over, covering the one eye, uh, doing the peace sign, which is the Baphomet doing, you know, the shush sign, which is the vow of silence. So he has a great compilation on his page that your own eyes can't be lying to you. And you can tell this is not Photoshop. This is just the poses they did. Can so on that page, there's one a, more time. Yeah. Adam Q record, three words, Adam, like Adam, and then Q is K-E-W, not the letter Q, but K-E-W, and then record. So Adam Q record, he's just got, like, he's outing them left and right. So I think that, you know, pattern recognition is going to be important when you see that there are certain games, and it's like con artists who are just running fraud games and trying to, you know, steal your identity or your work. And you start to see it through it after a while. Like, you know an online scam if they start with deer. Right. Like, oh, dear. You know, how are you today, dear? You know, that's somebody in Singapore, like trying to get your money, you know, or Nigeria or something. So you get the feeling and flavor of, oh, they're scammers. And so it's weird because they've all had stalkers. They've all had scammers. They've all had things they've tried to deal with. But yeah, here it is. So that's Chloe. Yeah, that's the Kardashian look, the sorceress witch look. That's Kim. Kim is is really you know, there's theories Kim was born male. Who knows? But she's a mean girl bully. I mean, even her own sisters are getting sick of her. And then that's Kylie. Yeah, she had the satanic baptism right before Astro World. She was covered in blood. Then she removed that picture from Instagram. So they're all deeply in it. They were probably born into it. Um, yeah. Yep, the same. Covering the eye. Those are just, as Jesse Zaboter has said, and we don't know, you know, one way or another, uh, but her intel is that they're covering, you know, one eye or the, 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 okay. So the thing Courtney Kardashian is doing in the lower left corner is to show you there's a ritual and it's in the West, that little three, the W to the side. So they're signaling with these things of silence by putting their fingers on their mouth is shush. 
Um, they cover their eyes. That's kind of like a, I'll look the other way at what's being done. I will, you know, or the eye of providence. There's lots of the evil eye. There's lots of meanings that that could be. They also talk about getting a black eye and the black eye club. So all these things can be looked up uh, probably more on rumble and bit than Google or Yahoo. But yeah, the, so that's very, that page, if you just deep dive on that page, you're going to see the patterns and the patterns and the patterns and how they're showing you themselves and outing themselves and telling on themselves all the time, because that's another thing they have to do. And if you, if they do that and you think it's all a big joke, yeah, there's Warren Buffett doing the, the hail Satan pyramid. Like, come on. I thought I used to think of him as grandpa money, you know? Yeah. He's way up he's there. There's like the humble little so, man that we're supposed to look up to. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, this guy's probably not curated. A good No, they all play their roles. It's all curated. So everybody's got their role. And then you've got um, your controlled opposition, who I think is people like, that's my opinion, Candace Owens, Russell Brand, Joe Rogan, you know, like they're all, you know, Alex Jones. Also, they're just playing their roles. They're in, see, there he is doing the Hail Satan okay sign. Come on, that's a Hail Satan sign, you guys. And Trump does it all the damn time, just saying, just saying. Uh, so, yeah. They, they give themselves away. They give themselves away sometimes by the clothes and colors they wear, by the hand signs they do. Okay, this one. Oh, she's a treat. She's such a pain. Kristen <laughs> Bell. She also actually uh, posted Dear Human one time. She did, and at least it had my name on it. I'll give, him that, give her that. But she's she's a punk. She's, she's kind of up Obama's butt as well as – I know. I'm just being – I'm ripping it now. And then Dax Shepard, like, they've done a lot of um, – really groomy slimy kind of interviews with obama where every it's just, it's just like a like just fake everything's fake with this one so you can see she's closing the one eye the winky face then she's doing the okay signs and covering the mouth and that top middle one with the two okay signs um which is hill satan and then the covering the mouth is the vow of silence to not talk about the things they do when they're in ritual and then she's covering the one, the, the one eye in the lower bottom. So a lot with the, the winkiness with this one. And that's definitely demonic. Absolutely. The winkiness is demonic. So it's weird, but it's just a wink. No, it's a wink over and over and over again. It's, it's, it's not her signature move. If they're all doing it, come on, look at the patterns. So I'm just, yeah. So that's Asia Argento. She was um, the partner of Anthony Bourdain, who I guess allegedly, was one of the chefs for uh, the system. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But he used to prepare human meat. So I guess I said more. Um, supposedly, allegedly, in my opinion, it's what I've heard, rumor, gossip, you know, so we don't want to get you sued. But yeah, so she she also was a big part of the Me Too movement and apparently then was uh, called out for having been with a 17-year-old boy after having... So she's very controversial, this one. Kind of like Marina Abramovich is controversial. Like... You know, they're just in your face kind of brazen women, which I don't always hate, but if you're in a Luciferian cult, I don't love it. Okay, so here we go. Um, I don't really know who that is, to be honest. Britain, Not familiar. But is. if you go through, there's like John Mayer's in there, Taylor Swift's in there. Like if you go deeper down, you'll see you'll see them. David Beckham. Oh yeah, he's a big one. He's probably a high priest of sorts. Look at the pentacle, the pentagram on the left. You know, it's just that that upper right left one is really spooky with the I and the okay symbol. That's gross. So then this one is covering. Yeah, I just this is and the tongue, the Kali tongue. See, when I see it now, I kind of just like go into like 
like I studied Spanish in college. So if I hear Spanish, I'm just translating it in my head. And now I'm doing this visually with what they are signaling with, you know, what I have learned because it's a language they're speaking with their hands all the time and the tongue. So the tongue is Kali the destroyer. So that's, that's another goddess they worship. Who's that? Is that Grohl? That's Dave Grohl. Yeah. yeah. Covering his eye with the guitar. Deeper down, you're going to see John Mayer doing the same thing. Studio 666. They're so blatant. They're so blatant. There's these adrenochrome red blood. Red. Yeah. So I think they they are teasing us. You know, there's the star. There's the it's pentagram. The mayor, so they're always teasing us. They're, they're trying to see, can you figure it out? You know, will you crack the code? It's very punk punky and pranky for them. And they like to make it. Oh, here's. Go back up for one second is that ellen yeah yeah degenerate absolute scumbag sorry my opinion um so you know there's so much with this one so much so much they, there's there is she's a rothschild or rockefeller descendant or something and then i yeah some of these people i don't know to be honest you know and i i i know too much about some of the others because i was dealing with some of them <laughs> Dealing with meaning, no, did I communicate? No, did I know them? No, but like, you know, Kristen Bell putting up Dear Human after Khloe Kardashian had put up Dear Human. So they just, you know, they play games. Bass and Bale, yeah, so Christian Bale. Think about Bale and Baphomet or some of their... So if, if in Christianity you have your, like your Jesus and your Holy Spirit and your archangels and your saints and Mary and everything, they have their lesser demons who are like Baphomet and Mo or higher demons, whatever they lower demons. I don't know. Bad demons. And you got Baphomet, you got Baal, you got the bad boys, you got the demonic generals, I guess they're called, you know, from what Jesse would say. So yeah, back to that page right there is a wealth of information of watching them do their hand signals over and over and over to the point where you go, okay, there is something to this. They are signaling something to each other. Oh, there's LeBron. He's another one. Yeah. So any of them, if you know their name, they're in the child harm game. They've done horrific things to get and attain and keep this fame. They're always saying hail Satan when they're doing that. That's a hail Satan sign. Hail Satan. So like we might cross ourselves, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's what they're doing. His tongue out to the side, the double okays. I mean, the, the, the yep, the pyramid, the triangle, the satanic triangle. So like we have, um, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they have whatever their unholy trinity is, which I would imagine would be Lucifer, Baphomet, and Baal, or Moloch, or, yeah, it's probably too many, but, yep, doing the Hail Satan, Hail Satan, Hail Satan, Hail Satan. They're always doing it. They're always doing those sigils. They're always doing it. And, yes, those, yeah, Pizzagate, all that stuff, all of it, which it sounds nuts until you start deep diving and you know frazzle drip like until you start looking at these things and hearing them from multiple sources trusted people people who have former military contacts you know and so yeah that guy right there that terry guy he he kind of traffics the models from what i hear gross 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 this is this is just dirty shit sorry <laughs> this is so dirty so these are these are people who hurt children to be in the public eye they hurt children yeah. and it will become common knowledge it may seem really crazy and really like reaching or stretching now and they're just you know poses on a magazine but those all mean something very dark in their cult and um the hidden hand for example oh right there the hidden hand hugh jackman go back up for one second you got hugh jackman you got johnny depp ashton you got sting you got 
Mel Gibson. They're all, all of them doing the hidden hand. Harry does it all the time. The hidden hand is Freemasonry. It is. It's there's Fauci. They're signaling with the hidden hand, which means the hidden hand does hidden things. You guys, the secret of secret societies is they sodomize children and they drink their blood and they call it adrenochrome. And and I just, I don't pull punches on that because that is what they do and so much worse. So why, why would they do it? How, how do they get away with it? Those are, those are rookie questions, but I get it. So there's Taylor. Oh, there she is. There she is. There she is. That one right there. Girl next door in hell <laughs> you know i'm just saying that's so she's so controlled and uh the, all this badass empowerment of you know that one astroworld right there that was a ritual that was a ritual 11 people died at that concert he didn't care he went golfing the next day or something and went to dave and busters you know so they have no soul they have no conscience they don't care who they hurt they don't care how many people have to go down for them to, you know, rise up the ranks. And there it is. If you can't look at that, if you can look at that and not see a thread of evil going right through it, then you are deliberately putting your head in the sand and you are deliberately hiding from yourself and from the truth. So this is their little club, their satanic Luciferian club. And they're always telling you, I'm in the club. I'm in the club. I'm in the club. I'm in the club. And it's something they have to do. But, huh? And they don't the hide it anymore. But, yeah, there's a black check, the black checkerboard in the background. So, you know, when you when you see all this and you yeah, there she is. Woof. Queen Mother of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. So she could have helped, you know, dear human get out in the world in the right way. Oprah could have helped. Ellen could have helped. Any of them could have helped, but they don't want people, you know, to thrive and be healthy mentally. They want them to be in control and they want them to be fragmented and they want them to be controllable and malleable. And I wanted them to heal and to get stronger. And I wanted people who think they're mentally ill to see that they're actually really, you know, onto something and that they're dialed into other dimensional realities and to understand what entities are and, and that's where we fall down, whether you're calling yourself a Christian, a New Age, or Patriot, or whatever. Again, labels, right? That's where we fall down, is we do not want to believe this stuff is true. We do not want to know about it, hear about it, think about it, talk about it. And it's not going to get better unless we do. And I, my hope and wish for these people who, whether they got in it young, they were born in it, or whether they're trying to get out, or whether they, you know want to have that you know, literal come to Jesus moment is that they band together because just like with the victims of Epstein or the victims of Weinstein, their safety in numbers. So if, if the people who want out in Hollywood and want redemption or want salvation of any kind or want freedom or peace, then they need to start speaking on these things and breaking that horrific vow of silence, which holds them in bondage that they can break free from. And it doesn't take them being born again. And it doesn't take them, you know, losing everything necessarily. If they do it in a way that they say, yes, this happens. Yes, I have participated. Yes, I'm sorry. And now I'm going to be part of the solution, not the problem. But that would have to take a major conversion and leap in their hearts, which they've probably had to shut down just to function in that realm, you know. But I think if they got together and said, yeah, we're tired of living a lie, 
We, we are tired of selling lies. We are tired of being in that vibration of deception. We want to line up with truth. We want to line up with keeping both our kids and the hierarchy kids and the so-called expendables and deplorables and whatever other, again, labels they have for people. Because I'm sorry, there are no chosen ones and there are no expendables. That is a lie. That is a lie. Okay, so if you think you were born with a certain privilege in your DNA or that you're, you know, you have some fancy, you know, if you're looking down on someone who's sleeping in a tent city and you know why they're there, then you really are a piece of garbage walking around the planet in skin, whatever your skin is. Right. We don't know if they're Draco reptilian, Emma. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know if they're just demons or aliens or some kind of hybrid or AI or just jerks. We don't know. So <laughs> that that's above our pay grade. We aren't going to know that stuff. That's, that's that's we still have to work with what we can know and what we can help others awaken and know and and you know pretending and and looking the other way that it isn't happening is it's not going to help. It's just you don't have to be a warrior. You don't have to go out there and be a crusader. You don't have to start, you know, shit storms with people like I do. But, you know, you do have to kind of start questioning things. At least start there. You know, if, if that's, if you claim you want to be a truth seeker, if you claim you are here to in any way help humanity, how can you be in denial at this point? You know, that there is something deep and dark and mysterious and yes there's also good and light and truth and so we want to play for that team and we want to really play for that team not just give it light lip service or talk about love and light and compassion but then actually when pressured you know that all goes out the window that doesn't work it just doesn't work so that's i'm calling myself out i'm calling all of us out i'm calling us to the carpet and to the table and to the microphone and the podium and the cameras to say tell your stories and if people want to judge you as crazy, well, what else is new, number one? And number two, that's their inability to hold multiple possible realities or dimensional um, possibilities. And their inability to understand that we are multidimensional beings, that our human self is very important, very precious, very sacred, but it's only one part of us. We also have our spiritual self. We have our divine sort of magical cosmic ancestral selves we not talking about fragmenting or did or alters or any of that but like just being a full spectrum human who has you know mostly healed and integrated yeah full spectrum human i used to call us humangelica like you're a human you're an angel you're humangelica right and so we are we are earth angels who incarnated here some are fallens we know that and we're not here to really rescue them but we are here to Keep them from harming more innocents. And to do that, you need transparency. Wherever there's secrecy, you need transparency. And uh, you need to be willing to, if you smear someone in public and you're wrong, you need to be able to man up and, and woman up and human up and say, I was wrong. And if you, you know, get more evidence that you were right, then you also want to expose that too. Like, you know, at first I really was hearing this one's a pedo and that one's a pedo and this one's into this and into that. And I thought that's rumors and gossip. It can't be true. But then I believe for the most part, whether smoke, there's fire, but there also should be receipts and conversations that are, you know, adult and 
go for solutions, not for gotchas, you know? So I, I, I probably have fucked it up. Sorry. I'm going to just say swears. Cause like it's, it's all fucked up. There's this great song. <laughs> I can't remember the woman's name, but it's called, I didn't fuck it up. And it's really funny. And I'll have to send it to you after, but it's, it, you know, I've posted on my page a few times. Um, and it's, it's all about like, they, they fucked it up and we're going, well, who's they, what's they, and we don't know what they is. We just know there is a, they, you know, in my world right now, it's the Freemason Illuminati and the A-listers. That's my they, right? Someone else, it might be the cops in their town, or it might be the, the you know, gossipy women at church. Like, there's a, everybody's got a they, right? What's your they? So if we could normalize and humanize instead of demonizing that we do feel oppressed, but we reach for liberation, and we aren't always going to be graceful or smooth at how we do that or how we want to try to uplift and unify sometimes the division and the chaos happens as we're trying to move more in the direction of the unification and i don't mean everybody becomes a lemming and loses themselves i believe in being a me and the we you know but yeah that's really and then we have the receipts on something else too that i forgot about already oh the coins let's look at the challenge coins that's a good story okay, okay. switch okay. gears a little bit so yeah. that was when i was yeah about the book had already come out, which it came out in 2016, and I was doing some um, sessions on the pier in Old Orchard Beach and met this woman who I, I think I might have told this story last time, but I don't think I had the the pictures of the coins of the story that I posted. Um, probably 2018-ish. I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting a little sniffly. Um, but yeah, I'd met this woman and her husband, and they had been working in the white house administration for many, many administrations, the woman um, from Carter on up through the Obamas. And um, long story short, she came to me for a session. She loved it. She said I was the real deal. And then I found out she'd worked in the white house for 40 years, like pretty high up. And that was intense. And then that same week a fed came, an FBI person came and got a, a healing on her back and like gave me like a hundred bucks for like a 10 minute session. Cause she said her back had, healed and anyway so i you know just laid hands gave her some energy she flashed her badge i was very happy she was happy with the session because you know you don't want to be oh they're trying to be a healer or trying to be a, you know a messenger if like the fbi and cia are on your ass going you're a fraud so i i got some great validation from people who had some credibility and legitimacy um in those in those realms and that felt good actually uh you know because again ego <laughs> it's okay so so that those challenge coins uh that's the story that you're showing and then if you scroll maybe in, or to the next one or there's challenge coins and one of them had the presidential seal on it there it is and um one of them was it said secret service or secret yeah something there okay and there's a satanic star so when i got this i was like woo, cool you know so she said these are talismans she actually used that word which we now know is uh kind of a no-no so they're talismans um and they'll keep you safe if you know if something about like more than a parking ticket if you get into trouble that's more than a parking ticket or a speeding ticket she said they'll keep you safe so I probably do still have those somewhere in my possession, but I've moved so many times I don't actually know exactly where. But um, yeah, one had the presidential seal on it, which she, she said are very coveted and they don't give out very willy-nilly. And then the other one had um, had the the Secret Service stuff on it. 
So, you know, here's just she this just little... gave these to you? That's crazy. She gave them to me and she made a big deal about it. It was almost like I was being initiated in that moment when she was handing them over. Um, I don't give these out easily. They're very coveted and, you know, they're, they're a sign of honor and please keep them safe. They'll keep you safe. It was like a big deal. And it was really intense because, like, I didn't know what to make of it. You know, I was like, well, aren't these things you could basically order off eBay? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> and I still don't know, except that I actually, well, I kind of know now because um, David Wilcock recently did a, a video and he said he got his challenge coins um, from former military who were also pretty high up. So I think it's a another language, you know, another way they communicate is through these things. Um and it's, you know, like in, there's a gem program with Illuminati where the diamonds are a certain level and the rubies and the emeralds. So they have basically a sign and a symbol for almost everything in that system. And if you study it and you kind of deep dive into different sources like I did, you kind of really realize that um, they are not for the benefit of humanity. They are for the benefit of themselves. So it's a very... Maybe it started as a brotherhood and it started kind of innocent and about architecture and about, you know, lifting up others. But at those higher levels at 33 degree and up, it's, it's really dark what they do. So, so yeah, so they, this isn't, these are not fun people to have as your enemies, not fun people to have surveilling your every move, not fun people to have, you know, where you feel like you almost have to entertain them so they don't kill you. You know, it's not a fun uh, group. And within that group, I do believe I might have spoken last time too on the Royal Jester faction would be all the comedians and all the late night talk show hosts. So those boys um, were trying to have a lot of fun at my expense and it, it's not appreciated. Not it wasn't then, it isn't now. So, you know, these are grown men who were picking on one woman and using the airwaves and mockery and songing and all kinds of um, gross cia fbi mason illuminati tactics that as you read it you go oh yeah that they did that one check it check it check it check it they did that one that one that one that one and so when you realize like everything's a psyop we're in a russian doll russian nesting doll you know world where there's just realities within realities within realities and um i will give credit where credit is due because i do that but there is a john mayer line that says uh something about i want to run through the halls of my high school um you know that one yeah i want to scream at the, at the top, top of my lungs, lungs. yeah there's yeah. no such thing as the real world it's just a lie you've got to rise above so if that kid knew that in high school it makes sense they were recruiting him you know to be an assassin like like nathan it's again nothing i can prove not making accusations just connecting dots and common sense stuff of from what i've seen He's actually definitely a love assassin. I can tell you that. So, so yeah. So they just prey on your vulnerabilities. They play with your head and your heart. They steal your ideas. Uh, they make money from it, and they laugh at you. And it's not a again, not a fun group. Not um, no integrity, no enlightenment, no real shine. Just false shine of glamour and lies and and blackmail. Which again, I don't have anything um, on them too much other than my my theories my wild philosophies and then my receipts and my connecting the dots after years of observation and being really in the thick of it and then them backing off for a while and then coming and punching me harder and backing off for a while and coming and kicking me harder and that's just how they play 
So these are scummy, slimy, horrible tactics that they use um, in their initiation, vetting, grooming, testing you to see what you're made of. That's why all these stars melt down. You know, they get into drugs and they melt down because they've had enough. They've had enough of the MK or the Delta or whatever the programs are that you're doing an awesome job covering that with Nathan, with Gray, with all the others who've been through that horrific awful terrible just there aren't enough words you know experience that was you know totally totally diabolical i guess is the right word because it is it's diabolical and demonic and we know that so you know unlike a lot of people in in the whistleblower realm i'm not a bible thumper i'm i'm i love that armor of god thing we do in the beginning and i am a fan of jesus i kept him off the church but I am also someone who enjoys crystals and tarot cards and, and my things that people say, well, you're opening portals. I go, well, maybe, but I'm calling in the celestials. I'm calling in the high angelics, the non-fallens. I'm calling in creator source directly. And maybe that's a whole lot of new age woo-woo to the Bible people. But to me, you know, there's a lot of documents that we can't verify that were created by flawed men. The Constitution, the Bible, and we are in vastly different times, and I do believe those things can be great guidelines for us to a certain extent, but we also have to freshen things up a little and uh, do some updates. You do updates on your phone. You wouldn't eat 2,000-year-old yogurt, you know? So we have to get with the times a little, too, and and um, bring some harmony back to the the strife, you know? So... Do I believe it's spiritual warfare? Oh God, yes, I do. Absolutely. You're you're in a battle for your soul every moment of your life, from womb to tomb, you know, you are. And we don't know it most of our lives. And that's a blessing and a gift and a curse all in one. Because then when you do start to awaken to that you're under attack, if you're a being who comes here trying to be of the light, trying to be of truth, trying to have good intentions for, you know, humanity's upliftment and evolution, you're gonna be attacked. It's just look at everybody. Look at all of them. John Lennon, they're going to, they get shot. They get, you know, bathtub, doorknobbed, helicoptered. You know, these things become a verb. They happen so often, right? Hot tubbed, new one. So yeah, you get, you get all kinds of, you know, flack because when Satan wants to come collect, he's coming to collect. I'm sorry. for laughing, but that just caught me off guard. Too soon. Too soon. Well, the friends folks are not my friends, so I don't mind going after them a little. Um, because they were pretty brutal. Ellen, yeah, Ellen would just get people on and be gaslighting, and so they all play their different parts. Like I said, in the NWO agendas, and they all will try to throw off anybody who gets any kind of whiff or scent of what they're actually about behind the scenes. And uh, they, I do believe they fear exposure, but I think some of them want it too. It's kind of like the guy who's been having multiple affairs on his wife, and he wants to get caught, so he leaves the hotel receipt around or the restaurant receipt around or or lipstick on his collar, like he, I think at a certain point, anyone doesn't want to live a lie. You know, like, I don't care who you are, what you've been into, it just weighs on them. Even if they only have a shred of a shred of a spark of a conscience left, I don't know how they live with it. I really don't. That's a lot to carry, and uh, my heart is clean. I've never hurt a child, never would, and I would rather die, frankly. So I know that, because I've taken care of a bunch of them, and I really love that pure energy. I think... You can love it and have affection for it and honor and regard, or you can have the predatory attitude towards the vulnerable that they do, which is, hey, that's a rotisserie chicken and I'm going to slice and dice it. And, you know, I don't know how you look at a child and 
think that way, but you know, ask yourself about Harry and Megan, why they keep telling the roasted chicken story over and over and over and over. So gross. Right. Cause they do, they call children chickens, um, chickens for sale. So, yeah. So we have to like back out of this horror of it and try to have hope. And so what I want to kind of, wrap up with is um it doesn't matter who comes after you whether it's you know your relative at the thanksgiving table or someone on the internet or you know a demon or someone who plays guitar and gets grammys like it doesn't matter why they pick you as a target it's just that you refuse to continue to be one and you do that by transparency, by openness, by telling your side of the story as you lived it, as you perceived it. And nobody has to believe you. You just tell it and it doesn't matter if they get it. Maybe you're planting seeds for later. It doesn't matter if they laugh at it and mock at, you know, mock it. That's on them. That's on their stunted consciousness that they would see someone who's so clearly trying to overcome um, something pretty unimaginable since we're on the imagination podcast a lot of this stuff they do is unimaginable you know and i know i might sound yeah i might sound a little more jumbled tonight because i I pretty got worked up recently with uh i told you and i'm not going to get into names or details but i i really think injustice sucks no matter who's doing it and lies suck no matter who's telling them so you know get right with that stuff get right with it and uh if you can admit to yourself that um maybe we're all seeing life a little bit still through that wounded lens and we're seeing everyone as a potential enemy and everyone is out to get us like paranoia is a thing that overcomers have to also overcome and feeling safe and trusting again and opening to people is a thing that we are very challenged with. So I have, you know, I do have the utmost empathy and compassion for anyone and respect for anyone who comes out here and dares to tell their story and fling truth in the midst of all the lies, because it's not usually going to land in the ways you hope, or, you know, you'll get backlash, you'll get, you'll get uh, threats, you'll get all kinds of things, but it's brave to do it. And I celebrate any of us who do it, who share those deep, dark, painful stories that most people don't want to look at or hear. I didn't want to look at it and hear it five years ago before it started happening in my life. I would think, why would you lead with that? Why would you want to be a professional victim forever? Don't you want to get on with your life and heal and, and you know forgive? I also thought that way five years ago. And as I've heard story after story after story of children who were molested by their own family members or by someone in this B system. No, I, I don't think it's that black and white anymore. It's not their checkerboard. It's not so yes and no. And it's a lot more nuanced and it's a lot, it requires a lot more patience and a lot more genuine kindness and a lot more understanding of um, what this system does on every level, what it does to the ones who are the faces of it out in the, the bobbleheads, the ones, you know, spitting lies or the ones who are the victims of those, those liars and Decepticons, you know? So never thought I'd be someone saying, you know, the government's out to get you. And, and I just don't, I, you know, wear my tinfoil hat. And now you've got Nathan Reynolds and Reynolds rap. And like, it's so the ir- ironic, you know, nature of what we're doing is it is revolutionary because you're telling things 
that you've lived that you know make you sound crazy. You are, you're well aware. And I love what you say of like, well, it is crazy. And, but that doesn't mean it isn't true. It doesn't mean I didn't live it. And, you know, someone will say to me, what's the Illuminati? And they'll put air quotes around it. And I can tell they just don't even believe that it exists. And I'm like, oh God, I'm not going to sit here and educate you on what the Illuminati is or why I think that the moon landing might've been faked. Like, I don't actually want to go on record and say, I don't care about the moon landing or flat earth. I care about the children on this earth and what they're doing to them right now. Right. So like I did get into a whole thing with somebody, you know, about moon landing. And I was like, it just doesn't look real to me. And nothing they they say or do looks real to me anymore. That's it. It's like, oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's another lie. So, you know, when you're in that mode, it's hard to sift and sort and find the gold and find the truth and find what's real. And um, I just would really beg, I will beg for each of us to support each other more than and encourage each other more than attack and counterattack and be defensive and mishear things and go through your ego and knee jerk. Like I'm just over that loop, you know, I'm over it. I hope other people are getting over it too, that we are meant to be here to each of us plays a part and has a puzzle piece and has a truth and has a story and has, you know, self-deception we're working through of like, I believed in these people. I believed in them too much. I, I went and bought their movie tickets. I went and bought their albums. I went to their concerts. I did it all. And um, I just don't anymore. I don't believe in anything they say or do. I think they're all just, you know, caught up in a very sticky, very nasty web, you know. So, you know, you want to thank Creator for protecting you and keeping you safe through all that. I don't know how I am walking and talking, but I'm allowed somehow to... I have some little divine dispensation to do my little Oracle thing in my little corner of the world here in Colorado and to enjoy that and to come and enjoy, you know, going around the loop with you. And yeah, so basically what I have learned is there are covens and it's, it is a lot like the sorting hat in Harry Potter. They're trying to figure out, are you a Slytherin? Are you a Hufflepuff? Are you a Gryffindor? And um, the magical world and the muggle worlds really are, real and they're very much side by side and the muggles will probably never believe even in their own capacity for magic let alone anybody else's so they're very probably disappointed optimists i would call it or skeptics who want to believe you know but have been burned and i get that too but like yeah so the i walk the line between the muggle and the magic realms and and that's me i i just i can be very 3d and go and swim and walk and you know and cook and do my daily life. That's what I say is the antidote is try to live your daily life and be in the present and you will get hijacked and you will be pissed about things from five years ago, from 10 years ago, from 20 years ago. When that happens and you are triggered, you know, try to find a safe person to process with either a therapist or a friend or someone who, you know, isn't going to judge you or give you the squinchy, your crazy look, you know, cause I got over that look, boy, I'll tell you, like when people give me the, your crazy look, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. You know, I can't at this point go back to square one and educate. Huh? It feels like gaslighting, you know? Oh, absolutely. Just, absolutely. That they project. They don't even take the time to like listen to you or like learn. They're just like, that sounds crazy. I'm not even going to entertain it. I'm not going to listen to you. And it's like, geez, you know, what if yeah, you're missing out yeah. on something? Like, what if only 1% of what all of us say is true? We should still be devastated. That even if yeah. 1% of all the children that we claim are being trafficked are being trafficked or, you know, ritually yeah. abused 
whatever it is, if only 1% of that is true, we should be outraged. And people are just like, oh, that's crazy. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, that's how. But you know why I know what I know, what I know, what I know, what I feel, what I know, what I believe? Um, Because in the 80s, I knew about the priests. And it was just really from going to Catholic school and, you know, meeting that Cardinal Law who was definitely a demon. Definitely a demon. You can even look at them. They have those dark circles under the eyes. They look gray. You know, like some of the really high up bishops, like you wonder, you wonder what the heck they're, you know, doing, but you know, it's not good. So anyway, I, I knew the priests. I knew it was rampant. I knew it wasn't, you know, just a joke here and there or a pervert here and there. I knew it was systemic. And I started talking about that at my family dinner table. My mom would shut me down and say, you can't talk about those, those people like that. They're men of God. That's, you don't know that that's gossip. That's, you know, that's irresponsible. We can't, you know, paint a blanket accusation for that. All of them. They're not all bad. It's kind of like when people talk about rape and you're like, well, not all men. It's like, okay, but rape is a thing and it happens and men do it. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Like, just because not all men do it, it's still a problem and it's still pretty rampant. So yeah. I knew, I knew about the priests, like, and, and no matter what anyone said, they couldn't convince me otherwise, I knew. And then when it came out, of course, I was like, of course, I knew that. I knew how often that was happening and that it was really, really widespread and it was not just pockets, it was systemic, right? And so I know the same about this. I know it. And so do I want to know it? Did I want to know it then? Hell no. Oh, didn't, didn't then don't now, but it's the same experience for me in my nervous system. When I encounter these things, it's like a, it's just a, it's a knowing. I mean, there's, there's no human 3d rational scientific quantum way to describe it, except it's a deep knowing. So I know, I know what they're up to, you know? And I cannot be dissuaded like I couldn't then. I knew it then and I know it now. And so people who who poo-pooed it then are the same ones who are poo-pooing it now. You know, oh, but you can't say that. Or Father so-and-so is so nice. Or, you know, the nuns protecting the priests. Like, what the heck is that? Not protecting children, but protecting these men hurting the children and helping them do it, you know? So that's, that's, again, demonic hijack. There's no other rational explanation that you... And I do believe that most of these people, if not all, went into these fields thinking they were going to help. And then that's the boiling frog thing. Slowly they get recruited into the Luciferian system of do as thou wilt instead of do unto others. Dramatically opposing, diametrically opposed operating systems. Service to self versus service to others, you know. So that's the real war, really. And everything else is just playing it out on different levels and different with different faces. So I believe that evil hops bodies. I believe it changes faces. I believe it's a shapeshifter. And I believe it can come through your sweet old grandma, your your kindergarten teacher. It can come through, you know, the gross pastor that you expect to be a diddler. Like it's, it comes through, sorry. It just comes through wherever, you know, it can come through. Wherever there's gaps, wherever. And, you know, closing those gaps to me isn't just about the Bible or prayer. It's about being aware of your own, again, emotional system, your nervous system, who you feel safe around, who you feel is full of crap, frankly, and and trusting that, you know, really trusting that. And I wish a lot more young women especially would trust that. And I'm always like momming them when they come in. I'm like, don't ever leave your drink alone at a party, you know, like that kind of stuff. Because we know better now. And I'm thrilled the younger generation is way more, you know, savvy after me too. Did it have problems? Was it a perfect movement? No. 
No, it wasn't. And yes, it did. But it's still really brought to the forefront. Yeah, all these survivors and overcomers who now feel that safety and numbers thing to come out and tell their stories. So when people say, why didn't, why'd she wait? I swear to God. Literally, Jesus could have come back as a woman and all the Christians who thumped their Bibles would say, why'd she wait? Right? Like, you got to get over your internalized misogyny. You got to get over your mommy issues. You got to get over the Jezebel, you know, Lilith, Medusa, putting women in, you know, on, on the pyre and burning them as witches. You got to get over that because there is a mother God too. And she's pissed lately that you're hurting her children. Pissed. So yes, I do believe in, you know, family unit. I don't think God is an absentee landlord or, or a deadbeat dad. I don't think he's a single guy. I don't think he's a bachelor. I think he has a partner. And I think she's, you know, been neglected and stifled and gagged and stuck in the corner for millennia. So I believe we have to start thinking of the divine feminine much more because that includes women and children. That includes the vulnerable and the innocent. Not to say there can't be total women abusers. There absolutely are. But my point being my point, which is the vulnerable protecting the safety of the vulnerable if it shouldn't it should be front and center front and center every news story should be how are we protecting the safety of the vulnerable and how are we going to help those vulnerable heal and thrive from the things they've been through at the hands of the luciferian factions right the freemasons and the illuminati so yes the illuminati is very real you guys very real not a myth not an urban legend very real well, how do you know? I'm like, because they bullied me for five fucking years using the TVs and the movies and the music. They came after me hard. I am a targeted individual. That is how I know. Well, I don't know. Why would they do that? That doesn't seem, that seems a little far-fetched. That's a hard one. I know. I know. So when I say my lived experience. Tell me about it. People, like, I want to argument, argue with you and make it a thing. And, and that you're crazy. And I go round and round we go. Here we go. So I can tell like who's open, who gets it, who has some foundation of info or who's a total noob and doesn't understand anything. And, and I'm not here to red pill, blue pill, green pill, black pill, orange pill, rainbow pill, anybody. I'm not. I'm here to tell my story. You either think it's bananas because it is. And I'm bananas because I am. Or you think there's got to be some truth in there and maybe she's scrambled because she's been through these things she's claiming she's been through, which is, you know, cyber targeting on the heaviest levels I could never have imagined. So I think at the end of this year, I may be retiring from social media. That's what they want. They want you to have a stifled voice, a small presence, to be walking on eggshells about what you say. And I just, I don't want to live that way. Really, the censorship really turns me off. Um, but I want to be here, you know, through the holidays and come 2024 i want to find new ways to tell my stories um and not have to be sort of obsessively posting like i'm trying to in crusader mode because i want to have a life of my own right so i've been doing this for 15 years is my point and it's time to kind of wrap up and retire from working for free for the planet for 15 years and being a martyr because you know get off the cross we need the wood so there we go <laughs> So no offense to anybody, no offense to Christians, no offense to, you know, people into the Bible, no offense to anybody, really. I'm not coming at it from that angle. I'm trying to, you know, stir us up, yes, and activate us, but not necessarily, you know, trigger or step on people's soft spots, because I, I don't want to do that. Um, i much rather we try to work together when there's hiccups, when there's detours, when there's delays, when there's misunderstandings, that we try to give 
as much grace and space as we can. And then, yeah, we can be ruthless going after things we perceive as injustice, and we should. Um, and then we should look at that within ourselves as well. Where am I out of integrity? Where am I out of alignment? Where am I out of truth? And that's a constant thing I do on a daily basis is, am I being honest most of all with myself, right? Like, could any of these people ever have cared and acted this way? No. That's a hard one to come to, right? That if you actually care, you act like you care and you show up and you give care. You don't give mind games. You don't give uh, tests or puzzles or, you know, torment. You don't give that if you care. So, you know, I think I, I grew up in a pretty, as a, we've fairly mentioned or alluded to, like some volatility in the home. Dynamics, good word. Because then everybody's in it. It isn't like on one black sheep or one, you know, one problematic person. It's a dynamic. It's between people. And I, I find that's true of the communities that any of us dip or weave in and out of is there's going to be dynamics, right? And so how do we move through those dynamics and into a space where we're in harmonics, which is much more fun. Now, harmonics has can also have a Masonic meaning. I like try to reclaim things and bring them back to innocence. They use harmonics and sound frequencies in negative ways. We can reclaim that for the light and the truth and for the celestial realms rather than the satanic or luciferian or uh, shitball realms, as I want to call them. <laughs> Sometimes my mama bear gets a little annoyed with how much they get away with and doesn't feel fair. So the swearing comes out, but yeah. So we want to we want to envision a world where children are safe, where children are priority, and um, their well being is a priority, and uh, where their safety and emotional and mental well being is safeguarded. And uh, to foster that, that was what my dear human empowerment movement was supposed to be: was destigmatizing uh, what they call mental illness, which I call just uh, the field of mental health mental awareness, consciousness um, awareness, energy awareness. And those are things that we can either continue to be in bondage or we can reach for liberation. And it's going to be different for all of us. Some people it is, you know, they want to go with my brain is broken and it's chemistry, you know, chemistry is off and I am this thing and I need this, this pill to regulate me. Okay. I would challenge that personally because of all that I've been through at the hands of, as Jerry Marzinski calls it, the psychiatric mafia. But you do you, boo, and no no judgment on where anyone's at in their mental health journey. But there are tools, techniques, and tips, and systems, and programs that can be created that can um, free us and cure us and heal us from the damage and torment that was inflicted upon us by these programmers and these um, demonics, as I want to call them. And I think a lot of it isn't even demonic. It's like, per se, it's it's humans who have way too much money and too much time on their hands and are bored. So then they bring in the demonics to help them, you know, with bets and games and puzzles and tests, um, because that's all they know. They don't know how to actually relate to a human without some kind of weird, gross icebreaker. Like, they don't know how to talk to a real human woman whatsoever, right? Like it scares the crap out of them. So, you know, who wants that? You don't want to be waiting around forever for somebody to, you know, actually have a human grown-up conversation. You know, you just move away. So, yeah, as far as I want to say about ghosting and blocking and all that, it's gotten a little rampant, and I think it shows poor communication skills on many of our parts, and I'll throw myself in that mix. And um, 
yes, you are able to and should block or delete or remove yourself from anyone who is being abusive or name calling or smearing you or saying things that are untrue about you. And you should be able to defend yourself 100 percent. That said, I think we're all a little uh, trigger happy with the block and delete buttons lately because that's just more shunning, you guys. And it's just more, you know, there's there's a lot of virtue signaling about inclusion and kindness and and not leaving people out of the loop until somebody is going to be the scapegoat again. And all of a sudden they're the one, they're the problem child and they're getting the humiliation ritual or whatever, whether it's in the B system or in the counter B system. There's a lot of shunning and there's a lot of uh, scapegoating that needs to die. And it's really not helpful. Um, Because again, those are Illuminati Freemason tactics actually. So we don't want to be using the enemy's tactics uh, amongst ourselves. That's exactly uh, what Lucifer would want is that division and that lack of harmony. Now we don't all have to agree on everything. We don't have to always be sugarcoating everything or pretending to be love, light, and compassion when we're secretly seething with uh, bitterness or rage or resentment, because that's human too. So I'm, I'm saying, coming back to the dear human thing, right? Do your best. Do your best. And when you fall or fail, get back up. Be like that Chumbawamba song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> you know, you're never going to keep us down. You can't. So yeah, that means we're not going to fall into the divide and conquer traps. We're not going to fall into uh, the psyops, and we're just going to continue to shine the light on these things, even if we at first it's awkward and we don't know what we're doing, and we don't. It doesn't make sense, and it does sound scary and weird. Like I had a young woman come to me; she wanted to go be an actress in Hollywood, and she got an earful. You know, I was like, "Well, honey, let me tell you." <laughs> so, poor thing. I didn't want to like the wrong crack person, her dreams, but I. <laughs> But I said, if you go, you never go to an industry party ever. He goes, bye. And I was like, just don't go. <laughs> so, so I mean, I'm very lucky that I was spared that as well. Somehow, the thing I thought I wanted the most was the thing that would have brought me down the most. And so these desires for notoriety, fame, you know, it's one thing to kind of want the credit for your work and to be you know, able to prosper from your own work, I think is a natural and deep and healthy and beautiful desire. But it's another to sort of, yeah, just have to always be the smartest one in the room. You know, I'm getting over that. It's boring. And, um, you know, just to be able to be open. Yeah, to be open and soft and and curious is the best thing that we can be as humans about each other instead of, you know, making, and I do it too, but we make those snap assumptions based on how someone looks or how they talk or um, what they're into. And it's kind of like, see the soul, you guys, please get beyond it and see the soul. That is something that, you know, I know the younger generation gets all into like privilege and racism and homophobia and transphobia. And it's like, um, I see soul. I'm generation X. Okay. We see soul and um, we're not playing your stupid games about your skin suits. Cause we we're not into it. We didn't come here for that. We don't have time for it. You want to play that. Um, go play it somewhere else, you know, because it's just, it's not welcome here. I grew up with a Chinese American neighbor across the street, a guy from India and his family next door to them, army brats down the road, African American kids down the road. So to me, if you don't see that we're all one human family by this point, then you're lost up your own butt. You know, your head is up your butt or something. I say, get your butt out of your head, right? So... Yeah, but yeah, but the borders and yeah, but this and yeah, but that. It's like if you were to pull out and whether it's round or flat, you looked at the planet, it's like 
there the borders are man-made time is man-made like it's just like get past it you know skin stuff skin color status economic whatever your weight your age your gender like get over it we are one human family and we got to start acting like one that's not so fucking toxic and dysfunctional really like it's it's in our grasp we can do it it has to start within and in the mirror i i believe that i live that i i don't always get it right like i can admit like i said when i'm wrong i want to be able to say sorry and make it right and i want us to act a little more like kids who like yeah you fight you kiss you make up you move on you know like it doesn't have to be you're deleted, you're blocked, you're shunned, you're blackballed, you're blacklisted. I don't like you. You're mean. I'm taking my toys and going home. Like, come on, people, grow up. Right. So that's what I see the vow of silence as. It's just a big old circle jerk of, you know, Freemason, like we're special, important, and we have a secret and we're not going to tell you. And so they put their finger on their lips and their, you know, heads up their butts. And they live in the golden cages that they created, and only they have the keys to get out, and they know it. So the rest of us, uh, if we pretend that they don't exist, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you're you're going to be in for a very rude awakening and a lot of cognitive dissonance. So here I am to tell you, yes, they are real. Yes, they are nefarious. And yes, you probably have some in your family. Okay? So I don't want everyone to go to Thanksgiving wondering if great Uncle Fred was a mason, but I, but I kind of do. <laughs> Start some new conversations at the dinner table. <laughs> lady said that you know the eastern star you know hurting babies what i thought it was rainbow girls well i thought it was mormons i thought it was jesuits i thought it was Jehovah's witnesses it's all of them they're all in it scientologists all of them it's culty it's culty and and it's awful so you know we don't want to be hive mind we don't want ai to you know replace us all we want to be you know take back the power from that word family that has been hijacked by the illuminati and by the mafias and the cults. So we're one big family. No, pull out. We're a much bigger family than your church, your government, your whatever, fill in the blank. We are, you know, we're human family. And uh, those who don't want to be human or look down on humans, well, this isn't your planet. Get out. <laughs> you know? So, so there's that. So I guess I would like to lead us out with a little channeled prayer. And I know people get a nervous about the word channeled, but I just mean connecting to my higher self and source and creator and bringing through what I did like I did with your human. So I would say, if you want, put a hand on a heart, on your heart and just receive. And if you just need to close your eyes and breathe and plant your feet, this is a re really remarkable time for humanity. We are on the cusp of an evolutionary fall and then rise from our own ashes it is inevitable it is happening it's not something you can ignore or avoid forever and it is something that we need all hands on deck for and we are right now the titanic steering towards the iceberg and if we all put our heads and hearts and minds and hands together we can turn the ship away from the iceberg but we can't do it by pretending the iceberg isn't real we have to look at the iceberg we have to understand that the iceberg is, you know, something we can not crash into or dissolve at this point. We just have to go around it. It's there and it's deep and, and it's, it's cold and it's, it's an operating system. We do not understand. We don't want to become the iceberg. We don't want to be crashed on the iceberg. We just want to say, I know you're there iceberg. And we say that with evil too. I know you're there evil, but I'm not going to let you take down my ship. And so it is.
Amen, sister. You are so powerful. I love how how you're able to take these really big ideas in a sense or concepts and you shrink them down and make them bite-sized for us. You know, I love your your ability to do that. And you do things like in such a whimsical nature, which I love too. You're so fun. You are such a bright light. You operate on this really high frequency and are somehow able to see the good in everybody, you know? And I don't mean that you give excuses for bad behavior, but you're so good at looking at a person and finding the suffering in their actions. You know, if they're, if they're not behaving in a way that is, you know, desirable or positive, you know, you're so good at being able to humanize people and to, to encourage other people to do that. You shine your light and people, they see it for miles and miles away. Courtney, I know I do. You're such a bright light. You're so sweet. You're brilliant beyond measure. And I love the dear human. I'm so happy that you brought that into the world. It's so horrible that you didn't get the credit that you deserve for it and that you, you know, your work was ripped off so many times, not just with that, but, you know, you were blackmailed with so many different things in these circles that you created and were mocked because of it, you know, and and that's such a shame because anybody that, that gets to know you and sees you knows how brilliant and beautiful and bright you are. You know, so I'm happy that you're reclaiming these things that you gave to the wrong people unknowingly who wouldn't have, you know, and that you're reclaiming them and sharing them with the people that were meant to to see it to begin with, you know, and, and I'm so thrilled that you came on again. And I'd love before we close, could you tell people where they can find you to about your book, your, both your books, because you wrote two, I'd love for people to go, to go purchase those two and and to get curious about you as a person and your work. Cause it's really amazing what you've done. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's so, thank you. You're always so gracious. That's very sweet too. Um, Believe me, I got into my shadow side with this crap too. (laughs) I'm trying to get back to my full sweetness. And then one little clarification, just cause my, my OCD, whatever, not to label myself, but my brain will loop on this. I wasn't blackmailed, right? So blackmail is what the B system runs on. They all have blackmail on each other with things they've done with children. I was blackballed. Okay, so being blackballed or blacklisted is a very different thing. That's what happens to targeted individuals or when the gatekeepers want to take credit for your stuff and run with it. So blackball, blacklisted, I think they actually do a ritual and a ceremony where they will put your name in a black ball in, in a jar and all kinds of stuff. So that's that's a weird power I don't want to have is that that those people know who I am and that I'm on a shit list, right? Um, but yeah, blackballed versus they're blackmailed and that's why they're puppets and owned because there's intel on them that they wouldn't want to get out. And it's more than just a cheating scandal, right? It's, it's, it's harming children or participating in the system that harms children or looking the other way, right? So they, they are blackmailed. I am, I am blackballed. So that's that. And how people find me, I'm really active right now on Facebook. I am like, again, really considering retiring altogether, but I'm prolific on Facebook. I, I post obnoxiously and frenziedly. Um, I'm a, I'm a social media addict. Another reason I kind of want to graduate from this way of getting my message out. It is probably right now the most efficient way. So I want to kind of launch this, this video, let give people time to see it. And then I might shut my pages down or put them on 
on some kind of deactivate pause for, again, I had been gone for three years, came back and was like, I've been back about three or four months. And I'm like, what am I doing here? You know? And I think I'm doing this, frankly. So I think I came back for a short window to kind of get some of the Intel out there and then maybe bounce again. I don't know. I'm going to have to feel into that when the time comes, but it does feel like I'm wrapping up a very long, very beautiful, very powerful, but in many ways also very painful chapter of my life. So I don't think I need the constant reminders by being here and scrolling, scrolling, scrolling all the time. So that's a part of my healing too, is to start moving in new directions. Um, so I'm on Facebook there. Yeah. Courtney A. Walsh. And um, I'm on YouTube as Courtney A. Walsh. So those are the two places you can really still find me. And um, and through Emma, I guess, you know, if, if anybody really wanted to get a hold of me, they could get me through her. So and then your book, where's your book at? So the book is a little harder because it is out of print, but Dear Human, um, something like that one's probably still a couple copies floating around on Amazon. Again, if there are people who want to have it for an organization or a book club or things like that, I will work with them directly and send them like a PDF. They can send me a donation. We can do it really kind of off the Amazon grid. But yeah, that's the cover that shows it to you. And then I have another one called Lipstick and Thongs in the Looney Bin. That's about my suicide attempt and crawling back to sanity. That's the pink one. Yep. And that's out there. I believe also can be found on lulu.com if you can't find it on Amazon and don't spend a ton of money on these things. You know, sometimes they'll, if they're, if you are out of print, they'll jack up the price to like $200 for a little paperback that should be 20 bucks, you know? So, um, I'm willing to work with people directly. They can find me through Courtney, a Walsh at gmail.com also is, I don't have a problem with anybody, um, emailing me. I do do a lot of spam deletes and chunks. So if it's something you want to get my attention, just say, saw you on interview with Emma or saw you on imagination podcast or something in the subject. So I'll know to not just automatically delete it. Cause I get a lot of spam, right? Well, I'll do right now. So that's it. That's all. I think that's, that's a good place to start wrapping up is just saying thank you to Emma for doing this. I have so much respect for what you're doing. It's not easy what you're doing, offering a platform to, you know, we wackadoodles who've been through it and, and you're being like the, you know, the the healer and the teacher and the and the nurturer. And, and I just appreciate and respect you for that because it's very brave, Emma, what you're doing. You're, you may not be kind of quote unquote one of us, but in a way you are an honorary one of us because you're surviving attacks now too and you're seeing how it goes, right? So I want to say I'm going on the record saying I have your back. I believe in what you're doing. I believe in your essence, your vibe, your gentleness, and your dignity, because that is a word I would ascribe to you is you're very dignified in this this chaotic mess that goes on and and can be kind of down and dirty sometimes. So thank you for keeping your dignity, because I don't always do that. I go off the handle and I lose my mind. So I see your calm. I see your calm you know, sweet cheerleader balance presence, and I feel better. And I feel, you know that my story is in good hands with you. you. And you have an incredible story. And one thing I would recommend to you potentially, and there's no pressure to do this, but there's a platform I'm sure you're familiar with it called Substack. You are such a brilliant writer. I think that would be a really cool way for you to engage with people without having to necessarily yeah. do the back and forth on social media. If you're kind of sick of that, you could put out content so we can still 
get a piece of you and, and get, you know, get our, get, get our Courtney fix because who wouldn't want your energy in their life? Um, but it also, you know, it could feed one of your passions while also maybe giving you that distance of that continual back and forth of being in front of people on social media. I think you do great. And there's a lot of people on Substack now. So I just want to put that out there. I think I, I, think I will look into that as well as maybe Patreon. Um, yeah. You know, I think I just need to get off Facebook altogether because it's been where I've had all my joys and all my sorrows and it's like it's time to graduate, you know. So I, I like that idea. I know Charles Eisenstein's on there. I've seen some of your great stuff on there. So I wouldn't mind putting a footprint on there as well. Substack seems like maybe that is where I'll migrate over to. And if it is, I'll probably still try to keep Courtney A. Walsh if it's available. Sometimes yeah. they steal my name too. <laughs> yeah. So, and that, that would be good. And that would probably be an elevation of being able to be really focused and do more longer essay format, which I like to do anyway. And then I am going to foray into fiction at some point, but um, I'm just doing the whole somewhat survival shuffle of going week to week and just trying to get by because, again, they reduce your employment opportunities. And I did recently lose my car. So I'm not asking for donations, but if people um, want to reach out and get a copy of the book or something, that's a, or a session, you know, about any of the, any or all of this stuff or whatever they're going through, I'm open to that as well. So Courtney A. Walsh at Gmail, that's the best, easiest way to get me. You are so amazing, Courtney. I ask everybody to hold Courtney in their thoughts and prayers. Please go support her, you guys. Buy her books. Like, it's such an easy way that we can support people and we know right where our money's going. Like, it's so simple. So many people are always asking, what can I do? What can I do? Like, I don't have time or I don't have this. And it's like, well, go go support their business. You know, go, yeah. get, go throw a few dollars at them and get an amazing creation. Get get their book that you can keep forever. You know, get two of them so you can give one to a friend. Like, that's <laughs> such an easy way. You don't have to give your money to nonprofits. You don't have to scurry around, you know, going to these official quote unquote businesses and wondering and praying if your money is actually going to the person that you think it is like, go right to the person, go support a survivor's business. You know, Courtney's so generous and saying, I want to work with you guys on funds. So even if you only have a few dollars, you want to contribute to her, like ask you, ask her how you can do that. Reach out to her, you know, and if you can purchase her book, like that's, that's an amazing thing that you can do right now from your phone. You can go right on your Amazon app and go right to her page, which I will link below. And I want all you guys to go to go get her stuff and you can contribute something directly to her and you know where the money's going. So I I think that we should all be trying to resource survivors and trying to get them to a place where they can do this full time and we are where we're creating job opportunities for them where they don't have to go, you know, against everything in their soul of trying to interact in the real world when they didn't for so long and where it's so intimidating and stressful, which it is, you know, even for me going to, you know, working in the real world and stuff and just being in the real world, like it's hard. So imagine having, you know, all this trauma and then trying to go be fake and, you know, interact at a quote unquote real job. Like we should be trying to get them real jobs. We should be trying to get all survivors and whistleblowers real jobs, being a survivor and speaking and advocating or being able to whistleblow full time. Like that is just my belief that we need to do that. So please go support Courtney. She's so humble. She's not asking you guys for money, but as people who support survivors, we should never wait for them to ask. That should be something that we give, knowing that it's going straight to them and knowing that we're giving them a resource so they can continue doing this amazing work. So please go connect with Courtney. I'll have her Facebook below. I'll have her email, her Amazon links for her book. 
go buy them, go support her, go follow her. Of course, we know how amazing and uh, intimidating it is to have eyes on survivors too. You know, the the other side, the powers that be, the elite, like they don't like whenever somebody like Courtney is getting attention that's not theirs. Like they tried to silence her. So go get eyes on her, go follow her, connect with her, thank her, lift her up, let people know that we have eyes on her, support her, keep her in your thoughts and prayers, you guys. Um, and I'm going to have all my links below too. You guys are amazing. Thank you guys so much for all that you do for supporting survivors like Courtney, whistleblowers like Courtney, sur- supporting their business ventures, supporting this show and just being so uplifting to each guest. It is absolutely amazing to see. And it's everything that I ever wanted this community to be. You guys are phenomenal and I couldn't do without you. So you guys, thank you so much. God bless you. And we will see you next time.